You may remember, there was Caleb in that room, computers, large screen, refrigerators, first several. Remember, they were blue, just test tubes filled with blue liquid. And then the next several, red. And the very last one, I may not have mentioned to you, it wasn't full. Just a few rows, shelves of yellow liquid. And you remember, he had pulled back the curtain and looked inside of this glass cage to find this this creature, shriveled gray, an alien. And as the creature's eyes met his, and they just stared for only a moment, Caleb heard a door close, a distant noise down another hallway that he had not been before. He quickly dropped the curtain and quickly and quietly as he could scurried down the hallway where he had been before, came to the bend where that door was that he was about to open but did not. He decided he would duck inside of it. He opened the door, closed it as quickly and quietly as he could, and he just stood there in the dark. Was he in a closet? Was it a a storage room, like the one he had found before with all those boxes? Suddenly, he heard a hand on the doorknob. He held his breath. Greg, come on. we got to get a few more boxes, right? And then we'll come back. Let's get those boxes. The doorknob did not move anymore. You could hear Caleb heard that gruff, familiar voice again. Well, let's hurry. Let's get him, and time's time's running out. And he heard the footsteps walking away. Now, you know Caleb, David, and Lizzie. They always have a flashlight on them, right? And he turned his flashlight on, and he's looking around. And do you know what he saw, boys and girls? He was in the same cavern that he was in just a few hours before, and there across the way, 25, 35 or so yards, was the pirate ship, but there was something behind them. Three vessels. He couldn't quite make them out. He slowly approached, and this is what he saw. He looked at that. That was one of those newfangled submarines that can hold two or three people with cargo in the back. Looked, that's right, just like a white shark. What are these doing here? He thought to himself, these were those creatures that we saw when they were swimming on the east side that Greg Jarvison had told them, stay away from there. And then it dawned on Caleb. That gruff voice, that was Greg Jarvison. You remember, he was the head of maintenance. He was the number one one man on the island. What, boys and girls, is going on here? What is this little secret that they're keeping, this little secret of Paradise Cove? Well, he realized that those men would be back soon. 
So we hurried out of the cavern down that long hallway. Remember that he had been before that led up to the study in Mr. Stevenson's apartment. Safe. Wondering, though, what this was all about. Okay, we'll have the lights on now. Well, the very next morning, get your eyes adjusted to the light now. Well, the very next morning, he found as he was going into the lunch, excuse me, the breakfast room, there was Jorge, Jorge Sanchez. You remember Jorge. Caleb had had many opportunities to witness to him. He said he was an atheist or at least an agnostic. And Caleb really shared some good truths with him, sharing his heart. But this time, Jorge looked very depressed. Jorge, great to see you. How are things? Kind of in an investigative type of way. Um, he kind of paused there as if, should I share my heart or should I not? And he said, you know, the other day I was on the southeast side of the island now, here they are in the mansion on the southeast side of the island over here where they have the wave generators and the, and the cables come ashore and online on the rocks are kind of nestled in some sand. They, that's where we keep our, our, wow, what's the name of it? Uh, that's where we keep our power station and it keeps the energy there. But you know what I found after this bad storm? He's telling Caleb, the waves had washed away some of the sand, and I noticed that some cables had been buried and were going down into the ground towards the mountains here. And I said, I didn't put those there. I know exactly where these cables go. They're on the other side of this, this power station, and they go on top of the ground in this this tube all the way to the, the lights in the, the, the soccer field here and the baseball field and then up to the mansion. I mean, I know where those go, but I have no idea where these other cables go. And I'm wondering if something is going on here that I don't know about, and that's what's taking my energy. That's why we had the blackout. Caleb just listened to him, and he said, wow, that is really interesting. Now, Caleb's got a lot of wheels spinning in his mind trying to figure this out. He's not sharing with Jorge, and he, but he asked me, he says, Jorge, is that it? Is that what really has you, you down today? And Jorge paused, and he looked down, and he said, you know, I've... To be honest with you, I've really been thinking about what my past and honestly some things that you have shared with me recently, but the truth is I've really messed up my life. Over five years ago, I lost everything, finances, people close to me that I loved. And I'm not sure I can turn the clock back and make things right. Honestly, I feel lost. Caleb said, you know what? I want you to know that, that God really does care about you. And Jorge said, 
you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Help me understand something. Look at this, uh, this situation in my life. And Caleb, I'm sure the situations you've gone, th- gone through in life. I, why would a God who is so good and so powerful allow such horrible things to happen on this earth? Why doesn't he just step in and, I don't know, crush this enemy, the devil that you talk about? Or why doesn't he just make things right? Why doesn't he step into this world and make it right? Jorge was getting a little angry because he was hurting. And Caleb said, well, can I just tell you, Jorge, that God actually did do that. He actually did step into our world. And he stepped into our world, and he became just like you and me. His name was Jesus. And he experienced the kind of pain that you're experiencing hurts more than likely his own dad died when he was in his 20s that was hard but jesus suffered even more because he came with a plan see he did come to fix this world he did come to take care of your lostness and your hurt and your sin sickness or hey Jesus came to rescue you. And if you trust in him, Jorge, God can step into your life, not just into this world and make a way for us to get right with God and for God to heal us and fix what's broken, but he wants to come into your life. Now, here's my question to you, Jorge. I really think that you do believe there's a God. Something can't come from nothing. And as you look around this universe, there's such apparent design. There has to be a God. And the last time I talked with you, talked with you about Jesus and how Jesus prophecies, hundreds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Jesus really is who he said he was. So here's my question to you. What are you going to do about this? Because by faith, you can have this and God can step into your life and change you and rescue you right now. What's keeping you from that? Caleb was getting pretty bold and asking some pretty pressing questions. And Jorge said, to be honest with you, Caleb, I don't know. I I don't know. And Caleb said, well, look, I want you to know that I'm going to be praying for you. And Caleb started to get up and he said, oh, wait, wait, wait. I've got something for those two boys. You know, Luis and Miguel, I've got something I'd like you to give them. And he showed them two Carson Wentz real jerseys. Whoa. (coughs) Booyah, yes. And Caleb looked at it and he said, those boys like anything Philadelphia. Oh, I love those kids already, you know what I mean? And he said, I'm sure they're going to love them, but tell you what, why don't you just give them to them? No, 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 that would be so awkward. I'd like you to just give. No, 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 no. I'm going to go get them, and you can give it to them. And Caleb, before Jorge could say anything, Caleb had already gotten gotten up and left. He went and got those boys. When he came back, Jorge was gone. The two jerseys were sitting on the table. And he said, boys, I'm, I'm not sure where Jorge went, but I want you to know, he wants you to have these jerseys. And they looked at him, wiped the drool from their lips, of course. Wow, <laughs> this is awesome. 
football jerseys, Carson Wentz, and they picked them up and they put them up to their, their own shirts. This was amazing. They loved it. Thank you, thank you. And may, we'll look for Jorge and maybe we can thank him too. Well, Caleb, during lunchtime, went, because he was just so busy, during lunchtime, went and found uh, David and Lizzie and said, hey guys, listen, I, I have something so incredible to share with you that I've discovered. It's, it's amazing. I don't have time to get into it now. I've got so much. I'm so busy. But tomorrow evening, there's no programs going on. I want you to meet me here right after lunch. I need to show you something. Boys and girls, what do you think Caleb's going to show them? Oh, I bet you know. I bet you know. Well, that evening... He, he had told them to meet them at the elevator that leads up to Mr. Stevens. Remember, it's down the hall. It's not the normal elevator, but it's down the hall, and it's a private elevator. Caleb said, meet me there. So by the time he got down there the next evening, there they were, Caleb, David, and Luis and Miguel. And Caleb looked at them, and he tried to make eye contact with David, and David just did this. You said it would be really cool and exciting, so I invited them. And Caleb realized how rude it would be if he told them they couldn't come. So he just said, okay, well, you guys come with us then. And he put his key into the, the keyhole that turns the elevator on that only he and the uh, helpers around the mansion had and pressed the button and the doors opened. He said, well, let's go. And up they went to Mr. Jarvinson's apartment. Back into the study. You guessed it right. And as soon as they came in, David looked around and he said, wow, this reminds me exactly of great-great-grandpa's study. And Caleb looked at him and he said, it took me weeks to figure that out. And you noticed it right away? I said, sure, it's pretty simple. And Caleb said, okay. Well, I want to show you something. Caleb already saw the books on the ground, and he pointed, and he says, is that bookshelf a door? And Caleb looked at him, and he said, how did you figure that out? And he looked, I remember. And they reached inside, and they opened it, and they turned their flashlights on, and down the steps they went through, you know, five floors of steps down to the tunnel, walked that half mile to a mile, came to the the hallway, and David said, excuse me, Caleb said, now down this way, and they followed the faint light back into that room, and they looked at the computer and the large screen and the refrigerators, and Caleb said, this is what I discovered the other day. He walked over to the computer, and he said, okay, Lizzie, you're kind of the computer whiz here. I want you to sit down and see if we can find out what's on this computer. And she said, well, there's no way. It probably has a, a password or something. And she presses a button, and boom, right into the program. Caleb said, go figure. They probably didn't think anyone like us would be discovering this. And they brought up the menu. And one of them said, let me get this right. There we go. I'm old. I forget sometimes. Pandemic scenarios. Caleb thought, what? And he said, press on that one. 
So they pressed on it in a screen of nine different pandemic scenarios came up. Miguel looked up at him and said, what is a pandemic? And he said, well, it's, it's kind of like a disease that spreads throughout the world. Not good. And on one, on the first screen, it said pathogen and anti-serum vaccine. And it showed a scenario, six months. And it's one of those scenarios where you press the arrow and it plays out. And so Caleb said, here, press right there. And when he did, suddenly 10 red dots appeared on this map of the world. And over month after month, they grew larger and larger and started covering the entire map so that after 24 months, two years, the entire map was red and it stopped. And in the lower right corner, there was a number, zero dollars. So they went back to the main screen again. And he said, press this one after 12 months. And that, when they pressed that, they saw the same scenario unfold. And then suddenly at 12 months, they could see it as it played out. Blue dots started appearing and growing. And as the red grew, then the blue grew. And suddenly, after, after much time, the entire map turned blue. And they looked up at Caleb and said, Caleb, what do you think this is? And they said, well, I'm going to guess, but the pathogen is a virus. And they're going to be releasing this virus in 10 different cities, but they apparently are also producing an anti-serum and a vaccine. The anti-serum is for those who are sick. The vaccine is for those who aren't. Let's, and down in the lower right corner was another figure. He said, let's go to the one that's highlighted. That was after 14 months. And they played that one as it played out. Somewhat of a similar situation as the red grew, then the blue appeared, and the blue began to grow. In the lower right-hand corner, $3.7 trillion. What? The highest number of all the nine scenarios. And he said, they are planning to infect the world with this pathogen, this virus, and introduce like a cure to make a ton of money. I bet you MSG Industries is not only concocting this, but they're associated with a pharmacy, a pharmaceutical company. They plan on making $3.7 trillion. Caleb turned around and he said, I bet you this is what's inside these refrigerators. And he said, guys, let me show you this. And guess where he takes them? To that curtain. And as he pulls it back and shines the light on this creature, he said, I bet you anything, they're experimenting on this, this. And Lizzie said, Caleb, it's a chimpanzee. Can't you tell? And at that moment, they heard a click of a gun behind them. And he said, slowly, in this gruff voice, slowly turn around and show me your hands. Boys and girls, 
what is going to happen now? It's been a close call up until now, but now they're caught. What are they going to do? You know what, kids? As we go through life, sometimes life can be really hard. And I just want to encourage you. Jesus came down into this world to experience all of those hard things, and he understands every hard thing that you have ever been through. He understands all of it. He's been through so much when he came, into this, came to this earth, but he did more than that. He also experienced the pain and the anguish on the cross because he had a bigger plan, and that plan was to come and rescue you from this thing called sin that has broken our world. And one day, he is going to fix this world completely. I tell you what, I look forward to that day. It may be today. It may be years from now. But he's going to come down, and he's going to make it all right. But between now and then, I want to encourage you. If you trust in Jesus, he can wash away your sins. He can heal your broken heart. And he can begin to fix what's broken in here. That is his promise. Trust in him always. Well, kids, I'm glad that you were able to join us today. I look forward to another time next week sharing more of this with you. But until then, as you go back to your Sunday school room, have fun. Love you guys.